Welcome back to The Blackout, a.k.a. the best college football pick pod in the land, brought to you by BellyUpSports.com. I am Thomas Black, he's Alan Denton, and we are here to discuss college football with you. Sure, we don't know if it's going to happen, but we've got some breaking news to talk about. Alan, welcome back. It's been a long time, but I'm glad to have you with me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Looking forward to at least... Um, some kind of live sports within the next month and uh, just kind of excited to um, jump in and, and dream a little bit. Think of, of some fun, something fun for a change. Absolutely. With the live sports, have you gotten into uh, NASCAR or PGA Tour golf any uh, here in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> not at all. That's a, <laughs> that's a big no for me, man. I am not that desperate um, yet. Maybe I would get there, but not yet. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I've heard some tidbits and I've read a little bit and I've seen some clips here and there, uh, but I'm just not itching for stuff that bad. I guess I've gotten so used to the daily grind of just getting through a day at a time with staying at home and getting through little projects at home uh, that I've just let that kind of stuff go by in the background. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to hopefully seeing some stuff, whether it be the NBA, Major League Baseball, teeing up, you know, getting ready to get going here at the end of July. And then, of course, here on the blackout, we're waiting for college football to get started, hopefully uh, come late August, early September. Yes, um, I, I think we will know what to expect by the beginning of August because um, they're going to have to start making some of those big decisions then um, whether it's delayed canceled or we're just pushing through it. Yeah. So, I think that makes an awful makes lot of sense. I think that uh, those decisions are going to be coming down the line here in the next few weeks. And as we get into August, I think you're exactly right. I think we'll have a pretty firm grasp of what's going to happen uh, by the time we get to, um, you know, a month before the season, several weeks out, maybe. As you said, we've got uh, some big news that has to come down the line before we get there, but some of it broke today, Thursday, July 9th. Alan, we learned from the Big Ten that if college football is played this season, it is going to be conference-only games for all sports this fall. So in terms of football, what's your reaction just a matter of hours after the announcement dropped this afternoon? So it, it, I think things were kind of trending this way, but you actually would have made a lot of money. I was, I was kind of researching this a little bit that there were some sports bets out there um, for the first one to, to kind of postpone football. And, and one of them, like the last or the second, the last one uh, and kind of in that was the big 10. So um, I, I, I did not expect that. You know the scene in Jurassic Park when um, the guy goes to take a, a dump and, <laughs> and the Tyrannosaurus Rex rips it open and catches him with his pants down. That's kind of what happened to all of us today. Yeah, man. Right? Like the Big Ten was the T-Rex, and we were all just sitting there having a holly jolly time, and, um, and then bam, this hits, and... Um, yeah, I, I, this is going to kind of send shockwaves through 
uh, kind of the sports world, in my opinion. Absolutely, it's going to. I'm with you. Uh, big time surprise this afternoon. You know, the the rumor kind of leaked, I think, mid-afternoon, and it wasn't but in maybe an hour or so later that the Big Ten made its formal announcement. And uh, so it came out quick. It came out with surprise. Uh, it even took some of the other commissioners of some of the other Power Five conferences by surprise. Uh, you know, these guys have been talking on conference calls pretty much, you know, it's definitely weekly, if not daily at this point, talking about different ideas and different plans for the fall and what could happen. And uh, I know that Bob Bowlesby out of the Big 12 has spoken already and made some comments saying that he was quite surprised and uh, he didn't seem too happy with the fact that the Big 10 went ahead and jumped out of the gate and uh, announced this today without giving everybody a little bit of a heads up before it started. Yeah, I honestly don't understand the decision. I understand like making uh, making a contingency plan with this in it, but we're still two months out. I mean, college football doesn't start back until the first full weekend of September. And so um, th- this seems like uh, uh, getting ahead of yourself um, a little bit. Maybe they were pressured by some of the, the markets of the Big Ten. Um, I, I really don't know kind of what their thought process was. I don't think it helps Big Ten football them playing only Big Ten games, though. I, I don't know how many more games people want to see of Northwestern and Illinois kind of slugging <laughs> out in the friggin' cornfield. Yeah. That's a challenge, and uh, we'll see just how many games the Big Ten's going to announce. They haven't formalized the exact plan yet for what that'll look like. Uh, but, Alan, I'm interested to discuss kind of both sides of this, the positives, the negatives, because I think there are some of both. And like you said, it's kind of early. I mean, I think they could have waited till the end of July to make this decision, maybe even the early stages of August. Uh, But I think you'll wait and see some of the other conferences do that. But let's open this thing up and look at both sides of it. You want to start with the positives? You want to start with the negatives? Uh, We can start with the positives. Let's, let's kind of lead with the positives. I think people need, need some of that, uh, I think one of the the big positives of this is that there is much more likely, in my opinion, there is a some type of a sustainable season Mm -hmm. uh, given kind of this. If you're only doing conference games, maybe it's something where you add in two or three extra bye weeks or something like that, where you're able to um, where you're able to kind of schedule in some padding just in case more people get sick and um, you have to kind of defer back or something like that. So it probably gives a a little bit of wiggle room and a straighter path to actually being on the field. Absolutely. There's already been rumors come out that the Big Ten is maybe going to move to a 10-game conference format for this season. Remember, they play nine regularly, so it's only a bonus of one game if you're going conference only, uh, subtracting two off the regular total of 12. Uh, But I'm exactly with you. It adds space. Uh, I saw other conference commissioners come out and say, hey, this isn't where, you know, everybody would start conference games in week three or week four. This is spacing the season out. If you reduce games, it's so you can hopefully start on time. Like you said, add in some bye weeks and then, you know, have your conference championship later on. And maybe, maybe if things work out as kind of we're expecting and COVID-19 really impacts the season along the way, if you have cancellations, because it's a conference-only slate, maybe you can pop one of those games back into one of those bye weeks as you go. 
Yeah, and and I think conceivably, with especially with the uncertainty of bowls, I think you could conceivably go into the middle or later December too. So sure. it kind of gives some wiggle room on the back end too. I, I just don't see kind of bowl games happening in, in a format that, that we're used to. Um, and, and so I, I could see that allowing a full 10 game, 10 game slate um, just because you've got a lot more wiggle room to play with. Yeah, and the 10-game slate, I think that, you know, that's what's been rumored so far. Of course, no official word from the Big Ten, but I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you're going to stick with the regular format, I don't think nine games makes as much sense because then you have an unbalanced schedule and these teams that fill up home games with their non-conference games end up having less home games, four versus five. So if you get everybody on a 10-game schedule, at the very least, you do have more or less close to a full season and you do have the balance where everybody gets five home games in addition to the five road games. So I think at least that side does have some sense made of it, even though, like you said, I think the decision could have been made at a later date. Yeah, I, I agree. What this kind of brings up, though, is that there's kind of an inequity amongst conferences. And so if you do decide to have, I mean, who gets to play Rutgers, right? Like who gets to, who gets to, <laughs> have, so they get to pound them in to the ground. Um, but when you start thinking about some of the consequences of this regarding the, the college football playoff, if there is such a thing this year, it, it would make sense to add one extra la- layer of games so you can have you can have more of a true playoff rather than um, only the four where you're naturally leaving out a, a conference champion that hasn't played anyone other than their own conference, right? So... Um, it makes it makes it sense almost to have like six this year. Do I, they're not going to do this? But in my fantasy world, but in my fantasy world, they never stopped NCAA football, right? Uh, the video game. But I would love if they would like give one uh, like a one year kind of waiver to where they allowed either six or eight teams to play in the playoffs because you're not going to be able to have some kind of true picture of who these teams are. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of people advocating for that. Uh, I don't know how feasible that is, uh, but I've heard the speculation out there. So, you know, I I think there are going to be some people who are definitely advocating for it, uh, but I don't know exactly how strict the rule book is on that type of thing and, um, you know, exactly what can come of that. But I'm with you. It makes sense to look at those options if they're available. Hopefully, we'll be able to find out some more of that stuff as we get a little bit closer to kickoff as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think a, a, another positive is is that you kind of get the enhancement of some of these rivalries. I think it takes on a, a different tone because it's it's all you have. You know, like you're going to be looking forward to that that Michigan Ohio State game for the full the full year, and not that it's it's you know at any point. Um, kind of downplayed. It's it's the the big game is never downplayed, but um, I, I think it almost is even more enhanced because some of the the big time out of conference games like Ohio State going to Oregon right is canceled, so it, it becomes that much more important. 
Yeah, the same thing with Michigan going to Washington. Those early games are going to drop off the slate. And like you said, I mean, if you're looking at a schedule where, you know, for these top teams in the country, like in Ohio State, you're looking at the schedule and saying, hey, you know, there's two or three games you're really circling where there's a challenge. And going to Oregon's definitely one of those. So you cut that off the board already. And like you're saying, there's fewer games that really, really hold a ton of significance. So it really is going to highlight certain portions of the schedule big time. Yep. I'm looking at another positive. Uh, This one more from uh, kind of a background look at college football, but I've heard a lot of questions being raised about what things were going to look like interconference wise. You know, if there were going to be conference games, I think you and I are both looking at this as we'll see the SEC, the ACC, the Pac 12, and the Big 12 make similar decisions, but not quite yet. Uh, But when there were conference games, you know, theoretically going to be played, I think a lot of the concern was between these conferences, differences in COVID-19 testing and how that plays out and how players are being held out of games and that kind of thing. But the thing that the Big Ten is doing is it's enabling its conference members to all understand that all teams are going to play by the same rules on COVID-19 testing, on the football field, scheduling wise. So I think it evens the playing field in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I, and and that allows probably a greater um, chance of a a full season, whatever that looks like, to actually be played. And I know that has been, like you said, that's been one of the overwhelming questions. And this kind of shows the ineptitude of the NCAA, right? Like that they don't have some kind of uh, commissioner. I mean, they ha- I know they have a commissioner, but like they don't have a football czar. Right, sure. kind of overseas and unites all of these conferences. Kind of act like individual states, and uh, in that like they just kind of do their own thing and choose to work together. Well, this year it looks like they're choosing not to work together, and there's nothing that will actually unite them other than, in my opinion, their pursuit of the mighty dollar. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you are going to see an awful lot of the decisions made by the conferences and not by the NCAA. The NCAA always seems to play catch up with a lot of this stuff. And I think that's going to be the same this year, uh, enhanced even more just because of all the circumstances of what's going on with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, And and kind of changing gears and and jumping into some of the negatives. Yeah. I think some of the the negatives of that – of kind of this decision coming early is um, I think it really, really hurts a lot of athletic departments. I think the, uh, you, you've seen the elimination of so many programs already um, and not football programs, but just other programs throughout the country. And that's kind of disheartening. And this will be much worse without some of those payout games and they may still have to pay them contractually. I don't know. Um, but the, the bubble may have burst in some of these athletic departments through no fault of really anyone in particular. Yeah, I I think you're exactly right. That was going to be my next point. I was going to go to, uh, we've already seen it. We've seen uh, sports canceled at different programs around the country. We're going to see even more of it. And if the football season is shrunk, or if it doesn't happen at all, we're going to see it left and right. Heck, we saw the announcement by Stanford just a few days ago where they're eliminating 11 sports here in the coming, I think it's two or three years, and Mm -hmm. uh, a number of other universities around the country are going ahead and eliminating certain sports, you know, immediately. And that's just going to happen even more so as we come into the coming weeks and months 
And, uh, you know, I've seen rumors that uh, some of these people who are very well connected to athletic departments are worried that if a football season doesn't happen, that some entire athletic departments at some small schools could fold. So uh, I think definitely a concern and definitely a negative moving forward into the coming months. Yeah, these pay games. So, like, I, I saw today where a pay game for Tennessee to play Charlotte, the opening game, they get a payday of, like, $1.2 million. Right. Now, how is Charlotte going to find a way to recoup over a million dollars? That I mean, that is what kind of funds their athletic department. When I was at the uh, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, I, I did some uh, some articles and stories on the athletic department. And then it was like when they played Alabama, they got like $400,000 and that's how they survived is they just got their brains beat in a couple of times a year, but it allowed them to survive. And those games just aren't going to happen. Well, and like you're saying, it's huge money, you know, back in the day when you're in college, it's four or $500,000 these days, you know, you're kind of low end is, I don't know, three quarters of a million. And then you're getting Mm -hmm. up into a million and a half. I think I've even seen some in recent years that have touched 2 million, you know, for some of these payday games. So uh, for some of these smaller schools, it's going to be a big time loss for what they have. And, you know, does it mean they're able to find another opponent, line up somebody else on the schedule? I don't know. Does the pay already come anyway because of the contract being broken? I'm not sure. But uh, a lot of these universities and athletic departments are going to be hurt really bad moving forward. Alan, another negative I'm looking at is, of course, I think at face value just for college football fans, the non-conference games we're losing. Just think about the ones that that are off the board already because of the Big Ten canceling non-conference. Mm-hmm. We've already mentioned a couple of them. You talked about Michigan at Washington. We talked about Ohio State at Oregon. A couple of the other ones that I highlighted, Penn State at Virginia Tech in week two, week five, Wisconsin at Notre Dame. So there's an awful lot of good college football that's falling off the schedule. Uh, What do you look at with those games, and and what are you going to miss most once we get down to the fall? Well, I think you you, you kind of get a a feel for what – these conferences really are early on each year you generally know but there's always a a team or a a conference that ends up being a little bit stronger a little bit weaker and we now really don't have um, that barometer to to kind of give us perspective on some of that I'm personally they've not canceled this but they will I'm gonna I was really looking forward to that Tennessee at Oklahoma game heck yeah that was going to be it. I, I say it as in past tense, but I, I have a feeling that decisions, uh, you know, it will be made rather soon. Um, but that was going to be an incredible game. Um, but seeing some of those those games kind of come off the board that were true home and homes. Thank God college football is going back to some of that as opposed to some of these neutral site games. That's kind of boring, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, It's just the same. But I did see where Wisconsin and Notre Dame are still planning to play that game just potentially the next year in 21. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can see some of these matchups shift to a different year like you're talking about. You could see one of the lower-level Division I programs shop off a schedule and add one of these big games back. Uh, But it is sure going to be sad to miss these games here in the meantime. And I'm with you, man. I think that we're going to see – 
like we talked about the SEC and the Pac-12, the Big 12 and the ACC make a similar decision probably here in the coming weeks. I've seen where some of them are probably looking at like a late July uh, to early August decision. And I think it's sad, but I think we're probably going to see a similar format of all these major Power 5 conferences dropping their non-conference games. So, you know, if if that happens, let's just say it does, because I think it's going to happen. You're on the same page. Let's say it does. What are we looking at with all these conferences? Do we look at the Power Five? Do you think we end up seeing all of them going with a similar scheduling format and maybe bumping up to 10 games? Or do you think some of these conferences are sticking where they are? I think the 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 one essentially redheaded stepchild in this group, the the wild card, which I thought would be the first shoe to drop, I would have never expected the Big Ten to be the first one to kind of get out ahead of this. Uh, I, I think there's a legitimate chance that the Pac-12 just decides not to play football just because of, you know, the, kind of some of the, the territory that they're in, right? Like, um, whereas I, I think there's a – they will – the Big 12, ACC, and SEC, and even the Big 10, they're going to try to find a way to work together to make sure that there's some sort of – I think probably a 10 game schedule is going to be doable. Yeah. um, A couple of these conferences, that'll be almost enough to do around Robin. Um, And in the big 12, it will be enough. Right. Yeah. In the big 12, they would just, I assume they would just simply stick with their nine game round Robin schedule. And uh, you know, who knows? I mean, we've seen a couple of instances in past years where conferences have added two conference teams playing each other and count it as a non-conference game. So if you're really looking for everything to be equal and everybody to get their five home games, maybe you look at a situation like that with the Big 12, uh, but they wouldn't inherently have to, you know, because they have the full slate with the round robin and they get to play their conference championship game. Uh, But uh, I'm with you. I think you probably see all these conferences uh, move more toward a similar format. And, you know, if the Big Ten makes their announcement for 10 full games, uh, then I think you're probably looking at the ACC and the SEC and the Pac-12 if they keep the keep football going. I think you're probably looking at them looking to make the move of get as many of those games as you can in and maybe all of them move toward a 10-game slate. And, and I think that would be the – honestly, if we're looking, kind of projecting forward into what this season could actually mean um, other than just kind of the enjoyment of, of it being played regionally – is that you have to have some sort of kind of standard to, to measure by. And so if you don't have the same number of games, then, um, then that's, that's difficult. And um, so I can definitely see them kind of sticking with that 10 game, uh, 10 game schedule, which would mean the SEC would have, you know, a couple of more um, games from the other side, right? Like so right. Tennessee, play Ole Miss or something like that um and or and and bring the lane train to town or something yeah man which would be fantastic and it has it actually has the capability of adding some incredibly compelling matchups in my opinion oh absolutely you'd have a lot of fun you know for all those Lane Kiffin and Knoxville again (laughs) matchups you also (laughs) have you know your matchup where you have an Alabama coming to town or uh, and the ACC, the Coastal gets, uh, you know, another shot or two at Clemson. Uh, mm. You know, you could always find something that could be intriguing. And so there's definitely a lot of fun stuff to look forward to 
if we can have football played and if we have some bonus games thrown in there. Uh, but there's a heck of a lot of stuff to figure out, man, <laughs> whether it's what the other conferences are going to do, whether it's looking at bowl season or like you mentioned, the college football playoff. Uh, there are just so many things, so many areas of uh, of the season that you can circle and say, man, it's just kind of a headache trying to figure out what uh, each piece is going to look like come the fall and heading into the winter. That's true, because even just today, I was I was kind of looking and Ohio State has paused voluntary workouts. North Carolina has, Kansas has. There are probably more uh, schools out there that have voluntarily paused for the meantime. And, I mean, that's kind of a big deal, if, yeah. especially if this starts happening again, like you said, in late July, that early August period. You could see some of that. You know, that, that could get you know, pretty testy quick um, in that regard. Absolutely. Alan, the only other thing I think we really have to address, unless you've got anything else on your mind, is uh, we've just got to talk about what this podcast is all about. It's about the college football pickums, And as we sit here today talking about the Big Ten, as we talk about if the season happens, we're still waiting to see exactly what this podcast is going to look like during the fall. Uh, but we're excited and pumped to get the pickums going again if they happen this year. Yeah, absolutely. And even if they don't happen in the same format that we like, if ESPN chooses not to reformat what they do, then we will find a way to have some type <laughs> of, of pick them um, and, and reward points in a similar fashion. Because I mean, my goodness, like that's, it's kind of what is, you know, add some intrigue to some of these games and that kind of stuff. And so uh, I imagine that, if there is football played on a pretty general level that we will be able to have true pickums because there will be an, at least 10 intriguing games per week that ESPN can choose from. Oh yeah. And you know, ESPN and all the big boys in you know, the sports media industry, they want people digging through their sites for any and every reason. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have the reasons to throw these contests and, uh, if it happens, we'll be there and we'll be running it here on the blackout and it's going to be a blast, whatever happens. But it could, be, it could be a really intriguing fall because when these matchups are played out, you know, on the on the pick'em sheet each week, uh, I would not be surprised at all if we get into the middle of October and, you know, 10 games are selected. And then by Wednesday of that week, one or two of them are canceled you know, or postponed because of COVID-19 and, you know, a, a big enough outbreak that they lay them off. And so, you know, for those formats and those contests, are games filled in? And do you, you know, replace them with other games as you go throughout the week if something's canceled? I don't know how that stuff operates, but I'm looking forward to it regardless. I am too. I, I seriously am just praying to the good Lord above that we have some football this fall. If we don't, like you guys are going to have to come and put me in a straight jacket. <laughs> oh man. It's been fun to look forward to, man. I, I don't know about you. I imagine you're the same as I have been, but uh, ever since everything shut down sports wise, uh, I, I guess the first thing that hit me was kind of the conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament in basketball. I was like, Oh man, really? We're, we're going on without this. And then I kind of put that away. And ever since then, every thought I've had about desiring sports has been thinking about college football, this podcast, (laughs) how we're going to get it back, 
what needs to happen for these games to be played. And sure, we're going to see some of them canceled. That's okay. Uh, But hopefully we do get this thing going here in uh, another couple of months. Absolutely. I've, I've literally lost over 25 pounds during all of this. And it's all because I'm worrying about college football. Not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I chose to actually um, not be a fatty, but I I have tried to do that. But kind of get this. I'm sitting there eating dinner like people do. And then, bam, the NBA literally poops itself. You remember that night? Yeah. It's like craps the bed all over itself. And then no more NBA. Then the next day, on uh, I'm eating lunch on Thursday, March 12th. I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> and, then, and then, bam, everything gets canceled. Basically, while I'm at lunch, I'm about to leave work to watch the UT versus Alabama game and the SEC tourney when it gets canceled. Two of the worst meals of my life, man. Just, oh, the, 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 the sackcloth and ashes and mourning yeah. over this. <laughs> How much are you looking forward to the Braves getting back on the field here in uh, late July? I'll be looking forward to a, a whole lot more as as long as uh, more people don't opt out. Right. I, as long as Acuna and uh, Albies are good and then Freddie can come back right. once he well. I wish him very well, by the way. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm super excited because they are going to be they're going to be playing all boppers. Yeah. They play NL East and the AL East. I mean, they easily have, you know, the, the toughest schedule, essentially. We talked about uh, conference slates getting uh, maybe expanded, but overall games getting reduced in college football. Are you kind of excited about Major League Baseball looking at a 60-game slate instead of the 162? I'm kind of excited to see what that feels like. It, it's I, I think it's going to feel a lot more intense. Yeah, naturally. And, just because, yeah, every game is going to matter. Kind of the way that you're essentially starting with the pennant race, which uh, is kind of fun, in my opinion. As long as the players stay safe, I think it's going to be um, probably really compelling. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I think it's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it and the NBA getting back going. Hopefully, you know, we get a chance to see those come to fruition and uh, be a foreboding of what's to come with college football but i'm looking forward to all of it and i can't wait to have you uh be with me throughout college football season whatever we get of it as we go throughout the podcast oh man i cannot wait let's go as always you can find us on bellyupsports.com and you can follow us on twitter myself at tb on the blackout alan denton at ad on the blackout and you can find the blackout on twitter and on facebook at the blackout pod so, Alan Denton, thank you so much for uh, putting things down and talking through the Big Ten, and I'm sure that we'll be doing some more of it as we come through the next couple of months. Sounds great. I'm really looking forward to it, man.